Hey everybody! Before we get started today, Al and I wanted to tell you about some exciting things happening here at our network, Word Salad Productions. We at Word Salad are now on Patreon at patreon.com slash wordsalad, and we've got big stuff in the works over there. By supporting our network, you'll get regular access to patron-exclusive content from CadaverCast and our sister podcasts, quote-unquote guilty, the countdown movies and TV reviews, and dealing with Philip. And you'll also, as a Word Salad patron, be entered to win various raffles and giveaways. Anything you donate will, of course, go toward keeping the Word Salad content coming, as it does cost real-life money to keep podcasts going. And as always, at CadaverCast, we pledge that any money our podcast brings in over basic upkeep will go into a college fund for Alistair. What do you think about that, Al? Very good. And our first patron-exclusive bit of content is in fact a huge one, an international production mashing up Cadavercast, quote-unquote guilty, and the Countdown Movie and TV Reviews podcasts. It's a special horror-themed episode, and we really think you're going to like it. So, head on over to patreon.com slash wordsalad today and become a patron of Word Salad Productions to not only gain access to exclusive content and potentially win cool things, but also help out this little guy his name is al bona that's right and once again head on over to patreon.com slash word salad if you want to help us out thanks that was so much fun Dad Jeff Burnham. We're coming to you from Frankenstein's Monkey Farm. With this very special Veterans Day episode. Ghostbusters first. Ghostbusters the first one, that's right. And this is a Veterans Day episode insofar as we took the request for episode topics this time around from my brother, your uncle, Kyle. Yep. Uncle Kyle requested that we do Ghostbusters, and of course, Uncle Kyle has served in the military. He is a veteran. What's a veteran? Means he was in the military. Actually, he's still in the military. He's in the reserves. And do you remember what branch of the military he was in? Army, first. Now he's one of the police guys, but he doesn't trust the bad guys. He's one of the ones that... Guards the bad guys. <laughs> That's what he is. He's, he works in a prison now, yes. Yep. Yeah. So do you think that this is going to be an awesome enough episode to honor Uncle Kyle? Yes. How awesome is it going to be? Awesome. So Ghostbusters came out in 1984, written by Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis. Do you know who they are? No. They played Ray and Egon in the movie. Oh. They also wrote it. So they had two jobs? 
to write the movie and to play the movie? Yeah, exactly. Do other people do that? Sometimes people even write, direct, and star in a movie. But those two did write the movie and played characters the whole movie. Exactly, exactly.、Yeah. Just like other people do. But some people do different things, but play the movie and write things, but do one more thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and sometimes they'll produce and do all kinds of things on the movie. Yep. Yeah, and sometimes. When, puppets. Sometimes puppets. I was just gonna say. Sometimes when you're working on a movie with really low budget, sometimes you end up doing way more things. When we were working on House Sitters over the summer, we had Jason, who's the writer director. He was also doing puppeteering. He was also doing camera work. Oh, on your movie? Yeah, and he was the director and writer, and he did all kinds of other stuff too. Whoa! So we did. So we had a lot more jobs. Yeah. And he also did camera work. Yeah. And he was he playing as one guy. No, Jason's not in this movie. He was in the last one we worked on together, but he wasn't in this one. And on House Sitters, I was doing camera work, and I was also doing puppeteering.、So、I was also were, assistant director. So you were almost doing the same stuff. Yeah, I did a lot of stuff. I was、uh, directing the second unit stuff when we had to do that. Oh, yeah. So people do a lot of different jobs on movies, but when you have more money to make a movie, typically you'll have it split up a little bit better. So Ghostbusters came out in 1984. Do you know what's important about the year 1984 in my life? No. That was the year I was born. Whoa. Ghostbusters released when when you were born? Yeah, it came out in June. Of 1984, if I'm not mistaken, and I was born in September, just a few months later. Whoa! Yeah, so I grew up with this movie, and I grew up with the second movie. I remember seeing the second movie in the theater, and grew up watching the cartoons. I think I saw on a little bit of when they were showing something. I think I saw a cartoon with the marshmallow in it. Marshmallow Man. Yeah, you've seen the cartoon before. We watched it with with the marshmallow man in it. I think there's one that has it. I think I saw the cartoon with it. Yeah, the first episode of the cartoon actually starts right after they deal with the marshmallow man, and so the first episode of the cartoon has them showing back up at the Ghostbusters, like their base of operation、yeah. and the、uh, the firehouse, and it has them covered in the marshmallow goop when they show back up. So the cartoon actually follows right after the movie. But here's something weird for you. What? In the cartoon, the movie exists. They go to see the movie Ghostbusters in the Ghostbusters cartoon because the movie's like based on them. So when it's called the real Ghostbusters, you know the cartoon's called the real Ghostbusters. Yeah. The implication there is that they are the real ones, and that the movie is the fictional version. Isn't that、fictional? weird? Fictional. Like the make-believe one. Fake. Yeah. Oh, so they're actually watching fake ones. Yeah, they go to watch the movie that we've watched about Ghostbusters. The cartoon ones do. Isn't that weird? Funny. <laughs> yeah. So, do you want to get started here talking a little bit about what happens in Ghostbusters? Yeah. 
Well, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about it? I'm sure our listeners have seen it, but you know what? They might want to hear your explanation of it, just in case they're a little bit hazy on what happened in it. Yeah. So, the Ghostbusters, like, go to the the library, and they found a ghost that is unspeakable. Oh, that, <laughs> that doesn't talk. Yep. Yeah, because it's a librarian ghost, so it tells them. Because you're supposed to be quiet in libraries. But she does be bad. Oh, yeah. She, yeah, she makes a mess of the place. You know, that's a good point, Alistair. She's a librarian ghost, and she's really keen on them being quiet because that's the rules of the library. But as a ghost who is a librarian, she doesn't care much about the library because she gets all of those cards out of the card catalog and gets them all over the floor. She takes books off the shelves randomly and mixes them around. She's actually a really bad librarian. Yep. Good call, man. And another part I um was interested in was when they were looking for a ghost. They thought it was a different ghost, but it was Slimer. Oh, I yeah. I caught that up, and I wanted to tell the listeners that because they might not know what I came up with to say. Okay, so... Uh, if they watch the movie, if they have a podcast. Oh, okay. Well, so you're saying that they show up at the hotel, right? Yep. They and had this a was their um, first and, big case as the Ghostbusters. Well, their uh, first Ghostbusting Egon? job. Was it Egon who hit the ballroom? Or something? The... They all went into the ballroom. Yeah, Or at but least the, the three Ghostbusters who were uh, Ghostbusters yeah. at the time. Was it Egon who hit the ballroom? You they mean the chandelier? Oh, oh, yeah, you're right, you're right, yeah, because they're up on the 12th floor. Yeah. And then Egon goes downstairs, and he then has to call them down to the ballroom. Right. Yeah, because he hits the ballroom. Mm-hmm. Egon? Was it Egon? It was Egon, yeah. Yes, yes. The bigger one? The tall one with the glasses. Yes, that one. I think it was that one. Uh-huh, so they showed up at the hotel, and they were looking for a ghost, and when they found the ghost, it turned out to be Slimer. Yep, but they didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Do you know what Slimer was called when the first movie was made? Because he didn't end up being called Slimer until the cartoon came out, I think. What was he called? Onion Head. Onion Head. Yep, Onion Head. That's crazy. What name do you think is better, Onion Head or Slimer? Onion Head. Yeah, you like Onion Head? You could just start calling him that. You've got a toy of him around here somewhere, a little doll. Yeah. Well, since we can't find him, why don't you make the Slimer Onion Head noise for our listeners? <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. <laughs> That's probably pretty close. So, they go to the hotel, they fight Onion Head, they capture Onion Head. Yes. Right? And then they end up really famous because they start catching ghosts all over New York City. Yes. But what's the main plot about? What's the main story? It starts off with just catching ghosts and finding ghosts and catching one ghost and finding a librarian. And like, like way, 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 way later, this guy comes over and tells one of 
the police. Which one was it? There was a police and um. And a guy who works for the electric company. Yeah, and he goes over and he turns it off. Um, and all the ghosts start coming out, and I and I found that there was a ghost that had like I don't know weird arms things. I don't know. The one that flew out of the subway. Does it fly up out of the ground? It flies out from something. It probably is the one that flies up out of the subway, and it's kind of like weird and bat-looking, sort of. Yeah, that one. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I catch that one, and there's also a one that like it's it's like purple, uh-huh. pink is purple, and it goes into the taxi, and the guy turns into a zombie taxi man. Yeah, that's um, the yes. the taxi's being driven by a zombie. How would you like to be driven home in a taxi driven by a zombie? If I was a zombie. Oh, if you were a zombie, you'd take a zombie cab. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Cause zombies like zombies. So who's the main bad guy in this movie? The the guy who shut off the unit. Ooh, good idea. I like that. Right? We have um, we have Walter Peck from the Environmental Protection Agency. Who's played by William Atherton, and oh. he comes along and shuts off the containment unit, right? So he is one antagonist for sure. He definitely is ultimately the cause of the sort of final breakdown that leads to the near apocalyptic event at the end of the movie. Yeah, yeah, at the end. Mm-hmm. But who did they end up having to fight at the end? The Marshmallow Man. The Marshmallow Man. But who is the Marshmallow Man? Him. Him who? The guy who shot off the unit. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, no, no. That's Gozer. Gozer? Yeah. Who's Gozer? Gozer's the bad guy. Remember the god who comes through? Yes. Yeah, Gozer. That that's gets forced by the ruler doggy. Well, no, actually the dogs work for Gozer. Zool and Vince Clortho, they work for Gozer. The dog? Yeah, they work for Gozer. And Gozer is at first in the form of a woman who comes through the portal. And then what do they do to Gozer? They turn her into a, um, doggy things? No, you're thinking of Zool. Yes. You're thinking of Zool. Dana turns into Zool. Dana gets possessed by Zool. That's what I'm talking about. But then the woman god comes through the portal, remember? The woman god? Remember she's wearing like the kind of white clothes and she has sort of the flat top hairdo and she talks to Ray? Ray? Remember Ray walks up and he says that she needs to leave their world or go to the nearest convenient alternate dimension and then she asks him if he's a god? The one with the eyes and the... The red eyes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. She has red eyes. So, what do they do to her? Um, where does he even go? After she teleports. Aha, uh-huh, right. So they shoot her yeah. and she teleports. She disappears. Remember? And then they hear her voice. And what does she tell them? I don't remember. She tells them to choose the form of Gozer the Gozerian. Gozer the Destructor. Which one was Gozer again? <laughs> it's the woman. Yes. It was the woman who came out of the portal with the red eyes. But then she changes form. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So what the does she become? Man. Yeah, she becomes the Marshmallow Man. And who chooses the Marshmallow Man? Who? Which one of the Ghostbusters? The big one? The one who was 
at the camel at the first with the camel. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes, exactly. That's the one. Do you remember his name? Ray. Ray. Absolutely. Absolutely. So by that point in the movie, we have four Ghostbusters, of course. Because one joins. They. Who did they hire? Uh, which was his name? I forgot. Winston. Winston. Yeah. So they've got four Ghostbusters by the end. Then they have to fight the Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man. It doesn't take a long time. It. They have to keep going upstairs and stairs and stairs to get yeah. to the top of the building. Yep, and it's a lot of stairs. And they're carrying unlicensed nuclear accelerators on their back. Yep. Those are probably really heavy, huh? Yep. They carry them around all day. Well, they keep them in the back of the car when they're driving around. Yep. How cool is their car? Really cool. They get a new car. Right? For their their new home? Yeah, when they move into the firehouse. There's two poles. Oh, the poles? Yeah, there's two. Why are there two? Well, because it's an old firehouse. And so when they get a call, they slide down the poles just like firemen would. Oh, because they're upstairs until the wing comes on? Yeah, until the bell rings. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Do you remember what Ray says about the pole the first time he sees the pole? Um, does this even work? Yeah, he asks if the pole works. That's a silly question, isn't it? Yes. Why is that a silly question? I can't even say how silly it is. Well, here's the thing. How would the pole not work? It's just a pole. Yes. You're right, Daddy. (laughs) That's pretty silly, huh? What are some other silly things they said in the movie that you liked? Because this movie has a lot of really quotable lines in it. I didn't catch any other silly things they said. You didn't catch any? Other you kidding me? It's a funny movie, dude. They are only saying silly things. I I only catch the one with the, does this ball work? That's the silly moment I catched. Hmm. So do you think this is a comedy? A funny movie. Do you think this is a funny movie? Um, no. You might. I only heard, like, one funny thing. Does this poor work? Hmm. That's all the funny thing. Yeah, a lot of it is... So this is a movie that obviously appeals to people of all ages, right? I mean, it's got enough stuff for kids to be into because it's got really goofy ghosts and it's got Stay Puft Marshmallow Man and it's got action and some, you know, fairly kid-friendly spookiness to it. But for adults, and I think the older you get even, the more you get out of the humor in it. So when you get older, as you get older and you watch it more, you'll start to hear more and more funny lines because there are tons of funny lines in this movie. It would be funny to you, but... Maybe it was a grown-up jokes for you, not for me. Sure, exactly. The thing is, as you get older, you might realize that there are, in fact, more jokes than you thought there were before. And I probably laugh harder at this movie every single time I see it. Um, I heard jokes, but I didn't want to laugh. Oh, okay, okay. But... You didn't think Peter was funny? Peter? The, the guy who said... Does this Paul work? No, that was Ray. Peter's the one played by Bill Murray. Bill Murray? Oh, he was in a different movie on our podcast. Remember? On The Blob? 
playing the kid? <laughs> no, 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 no. What, that what? was Steve McQueen in The oh, Blob. Yes, yes. No, where you had seen Bill Murray recently on the Cubs game. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Yeah, remember he was singing the song. Because we should say we are recording this, uh, you know, after the Cubs have won the World Series. Yes. And Bill Murray is, of course, a huge supporter of the Cubs. And he was there. He was there. He was there. He was leading the crowd in a yep. sing-along to take me out to the ball game. And he was betting. What? He sang something that was like, one, two, three, ah, blah, 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 go out. I don't know. <laughs> and you oh and you said he was spitting during it yes that's right so you seem to be having a little bit of trouble keeping the ghostbusters straight in your head yep yeah so did you have a favorite one though or did you just kind of see I them have... all as very similar um the one with the glasses i think had similar hair that's why looks Different from the cartoon, but they have a favorite of Ghostbusters season. Oh, you mean episode? Yes. Oh, of the cartoon? Yes. Okay, what's your favorite episode um, of the cartoon? The Halloween one. Oh, the, um, when yes. Halloween was forever? Yes. Yeah. When Samhain or Samhain, however you want to pronounce it, shows up, and he's going to make Halloween night last forever? With, with the pumpkin head? Yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. Uh, he but, says a silly thing like the guy in the movie who says the trees light up. And, and Oh, uh, Peter says yes. that in the cartoon. And then the the, the one who I suggested was, was the glasses. He said it's not Christmas. Yeah, one of them says that. I think it actually might have been Ray. But yeah, what you were pointing out is that Egon in the cartoon has blonde hair. Right, yeah. and that makes them stand out. And in the cartoons, they're all made to look very, very different. But in the movie, they do have what can be seen to children, obviously, as a similarity amongst them because they all have dark hair. Yeah, and the in the other one, they don't. Yeah, they all they all may have a very similar look, and especially if you're a kid and you know you don't know who Bill Murray is and Dan Aykroyd and Harold Ramis, right? That that might not mean much to you. Yep. So, did you have a favorite Ghostbuster, though? Uh... Or did you have a Ghostbuster that you thought did something that was maybe sillier or better than the rest of the Ghostbusters? I think um, we just talked about this silly thing I thought was better. The one where he says, does this Paul work? <laughs> that's, that's the thing I loved about him. Yeah, you loved him? He had some other great lines. Yeah. When they're in the library, he says to the other guys, Listen, do you smell something? I didn't get you that. Yeah, that's a good one. We'll have to watch it and listen for funny lines next time. Yeah, just next time we just be quiet and simple funny <laughs> lines. <laughs> yeah, maybe we were talking too much. Who knows? Yeah, maybe we were saying too much stuff. And next time we should just do nothing and just... Just listen, yeah. Listen for funny lines. We can talk about it. You also said that Stay Puft had a really funny face. Yes. It was like... Well, did you think the ghosts were funny? Oh, uh, yeah. The bat-looking thing ghost. Uh-huh. The bat-looking ghost. Uh, I think that 
the first time I saw, I think I saw a different ghost, but this time I didn't see it. Hmm, maybe you just weren't paying attention at the right part. Yeah. You might also have been thinking about the second movie, too. I wasn't. You might have been. You might have just yeah. gotten confused. Yes. But Maybe I thought a ghost was a different ghost. So there was the bat yeah. ghost, and then you had Stay Puffed Marshmallow Man, who you said had a really funny face. You thought he was funny. Like his eyes can move and stuff. Yeah, his eyes would shift around. I can show you what he actually looks like. Well, it's not going to do our listeners much good. No. No. But he has a face really funny. Yeah, he does have a funny face. It's so funny. What about Slimer, though? What about Onion Head? Was he funny? Yes. What else did he do in the movie? Not just get Uh, caught in the ballroom and slime Peter. What else did he do? Uh, nothing. No, we see him at the end of the movie, remember? Once the containment unit is turned oh, off. Oh, yes. I talked about that one time. Yeah, you said that before we even watched the movie this time. Yes, he eats the sausage off the thing the man is giving. Yeah, he gets into the hot dog stand. Yep. And, and he, like, comes up from part and he eats all the hot dogs. Yeah, his mouth is full of hot dogs. Yes, because he eats all of them. Mm-hmm. Of the world. One thing I have to say about the Ghostbusters themselves, to return to that point, is that I've always really felt like Winston gets shortchanged in the movie. Winston? Yeah, the Ghostbuster who joins later. Oh, yes, after they go to the librarian ghost. Yeah, he's the one who joins in about the middle of the movie. Yeah. Yeah. About, like, almost. Yeah, he's not one of the original three. He gets hired later. And And he doesn't get much to do in the movie, which is really sad to me because Ernie Hudson, who plays him, is wonderful. Ernie Hudson's terrific, and he doesn't get much to do in this movie. Now, supposedly, as I understand it, and this is kind of appropriate for Veterans Day, as I understand it, the script that Ernie Hudson had read, the version of the script that he read that he signed on for, had Winston being a part of the team from pretty much the beginning. And he was sort of their... I guess like military strategist or something like that because he came up with the plans and he was supposed to have been in the Air Force. And so he had this whole backstory and he was sort of their strategy guy and he would have had a terrific role. And then by the time they got to shooting the movie, Winston had been cut down to a much smaller part. Yeah, so he didn't even do nothing. Yeah, he doesn't get much to do. He's still a really good character. Yeah. He's still really funny, but... So, like, he gets in with the other Ghostbusters, and then he does something, and then nothing happens with him again. Yeah, and he's he's got a bit more to do in the second movie, though he does disappear for really long periods of time, which is weird. Yes, because he's great. Yeah, he is great. He's great, and he doesn't get much to do. Maybe we were not paying attention when he was doing something else. (laughs) No, he just wasn't doing anything. Oh, yes. He gets more to do in the early seasons of the cartoon. And then in the later season or seasons of the cartoon, the network decided that the only thing that Winston should do is just drive the other Ghostbusters around. He should be their chauffeur, which is really insulting. And the character deserves better. So, before we dive into our regular portions of the show, 
I do want to give a content warning about Ghostbusters. Obviously, you've probably seen it. If you're listening to this episode, I can't imagine you haven't seen it. Very few people haven't seen Ghostbusters, I feel. It's pretty much a staple of movie watching. And so I imagine you already know what's in it. It's a really fun movie. It's really fun. Absolutely. It's so much fun. And it does have some content in there that you may want to keep in mind if you're going to show it to your kids. Nothing terrible, nothing too terrible, but there's still some content that I want to address. There's a little bit of funny-looking ghosts. Yeah, there's some ghosts in there, and it's got sort of a minorly spooky element to it. It's got a bit of spookiness. It's also got some language. There's some swearing in there. There's some innuendo, and there's one instance of an off-screen act of an adult nature. You also have some uh, making out as well. There's also... Some pretty passionate kissing at one point between Peter and the possessed Dana, who's possessed by Zool. So he's kind of kissing a dog. There's also one guy who lives in the same hotel that we were just talking about, did you said? He, that little guy lives in that hotel. Oh, yeah, yeah. He, it's not a hotel that he lives in. You're talking about Lewis, who yes. lives across the hall from Dana. Yeah, that's not a hotel. That's their apartment building. But you're right, Lewis lives there, and Lewis is, we ha- and we haven't talked and about like, Lewis, but he is probably my favorite character. I think he has too. all of the best lines. You like Lewis, too? Yes. Awesome. Remember the part where, like, he runs away, and, like, he is one of those dogs? That's a s- silly part. Yeah, where he becomes Vince Clortho, key master of Gozer. Yes. Which is my favorite sequence in the I movie like, where like, Vince Clortho is running around. Remember, like, in the Ghostbusters thing, like, when they put the thing on? When they put the the little helmet on him? Yeah, and they're scanning him, and behind him you see the dog demon. (laughs) Yeah, he's, like, on the TV in the scan. Yeah, that's great. And he delivers my favorite bit of dialogue in the entire movie during that sequence when he's talking about the many appearances of Gozer throughout the ages. And he delivers this monologue that I wish I could remember, but it's like, Many Shoves and Zools knew what it was to be roasted in the belly of this lord that day, I can tell you. That monologue is my favorite bit of dialogue in the whole movie. Remember when he was talking to the horse? Yes. Was that funny? Yes, but I had another funny part. I think I With Vince Clortho? Yes. Yeah, or when he was Lewis. Um, the part where he says... Who brings a dog? Oh, yeah. Who brought a dog to the party? And then the the uh, the Vince Clortho dog demon jumps out. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's great stuff. I love Lewis. Yeah, we didn't talk about him, but he's played by Rick Moranis, who was one of my favorite actors when I was a kid. He was in all of my favorite movies when I was a kid. He was in uh, Little Shop of Horrors, which you've seen at least most of. We had a DVD that was scratched, so it wouldn't play through to the end, but you've seen part of that. He was in almost everything that was great when I was growing up and he was even on this cartoon show where he was working at like a monster high school which was pretty cool kind of like a camp candy but with Rick Moranis as a high school teacher for monsters I think it was ghoul school or something like that ghoul high school I don't remember but yeah he's wonderful and he retired from acting 
semi-retired. Like, he didn't officially say, I'll never act again, but if he gets a good role, he'll take it. But yeah, he hasn't been acting for ages. And he was in Honey, I Shrunk the Kids as well. Oh, yes. I I do not remember. <laughs> I love it. Oh, okay. Lewis, the, the little guy, at the end, he's so funny. He's talking about dogs. The tea is one of the dogs. Yeah, I remember when he's got the roasted dog head stuck on him. Roasted? Yeah, after Gozer gets destroyed and he's got the sort of dog head piece on him. And he's like, somebody turn on the lights. You remember that? No. Oh, okay. Well, Alistair, I have a question for you. Yes? Would you recommend this movie? Yes. In spite of the content, would you recommend this movie to our listeners? Yes. And why? Because it's pretty funny. It's pretty funny in spite of the fact. Okay, okay. I was going to say, in spite of the fact that you didn't hear any jokes, but yeah, you did say Stay Puft Marshmallow Man was funny. And Lewis, the little guy, was so funny at the end, too. Yeah, he's funny all the way through. I think he's hilarious. I like when he, like, throws the coat onto the dog's face. (laughs) Yeah. And it's like, what? What'd you do that for? It's like shaking its head. And like, the part I was talking about, like, says, who bring the dog? Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, when your kids watch it, you just tell them, like we tell Alistair, don't repeat the language. You know, Al knows what the bad words are because, you know, we live in Chicago. He hears them on the streets and stuff. We can't avoid it. So he just knows what words not to say, what words Mm -hmm. are bad words, right? Yep. Yep, just talk to your kids first. You know, this is one of those movies where parental guidance is necessary. So, you like the movie. Why don't we talk about the best things in the movie? What's your beastly best for Ghostbusters? I have a lot. Well, we don't have a ton of time, so why don't Um, you limit it to one? Your number one beastly best moment. Um, my number one is Lewis. It has to be Lewis. Yeah, you think that's great? Like when he turns into the dog and stuff? When he's being chased? When he's chased by the dogs? You know, I wasn't even... The dog? Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about Lewis for Beastly Best. I was thinking I would have to say something like Marshmallow Man or something like that. But I'm going to agree with you on this episode, Alistair. I think Lewis, especially when he's Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer, I think he's the best part of the movie. Especially Vince Clortho when he's running around talking to horses when he ends up with Egon and Janine. And we didn't talk about Janine, who's wonderful, but... um, She doesn't get to do much. She doesn't get to do much. She's their secretary. Um, But she's also really funny. She gets more to do in the sequel. But I I agree. I think Mm. Lewis is the best part of the movie. And Vince Clortho has my favorite lines of dialogue and also is just generally the part of the movie I am most excited to see every time around. So I am with you, Alistair. Beastly best, Lewis Tully slash Vince Clortho, Keymaster of Gozer. Awesome. Awesome. Well, that was pretty quick, which I suppose brings us to get spooked. Yep. Well, Uh, which I suppose this time around, in honor of Ghostbusters, we should call Get Spooked Spook Central. Yes. Yeah, this time around, Spook Central. What is the spookiest moment in this movie for you? Um, the librarian ghost. Yeah, that's a pretty startling cold open right there. I agree. When when we last see her. Yeah, 
Like when she does. Oh yeah, yeah. When she when she uh, turns into the ghost and scares them off. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's pretty scary to me. Yeah, that's that's a pretty startling thing. Yeah. What's your scary moment? Well, here's the thing, and I wanna I wanna tell you a little bit about my memory of the movie. Mm-hmm. When I was a kid, we had those TVs. You remember we saw that TV in the alley somebody had thrown out that was like in a big wooden case and it stood on the ground. It didn't sit up on top of a stand, but it was like in a big wooden case. Yeah. So we had those floor model TVs and I remember watching the movie with my mom, my mom and dad probably, and I was wrapped up in a blanket and I remember always being scared the most, laying there on the floor, watching Ghostbusters, absolutely spooked by the sequence after the containment unit is shut off. Because they shut it off and all the pink, like, ghost energy starts flying around. And that song is playing, that song called Magic. You remember that song? And it's like a really spooky song. I believe in magic, magic. You remember that one? Yeah. Yeah. That whole sequence there with that song playing, and I think it's mostly because of that song. That sequence really spooked me as a kid. Like, I thought that was really oh. creepy. And I still do. I think that's still the creepiest part, mostly because of the song. And it's just... I didn't really actually hear the song. Yeah. I mean, obviously, during that sequence, you were just amazed by the ghosts, right? I mean, you were talking about how cool the ghosts were. Slimer comes up eating hot dogs. There's the zombie taxi driver. It's that sequence. But I remember as a kid not talking during that sequence and that song just really creepy, man. To me, next time, I will not talk about that. And so I'll that probably you can pay hear attention? Yeah. Well, that's my spookiest moment. That's my get spooked moment or spook central moment. Yep. Well, Al, I believe that brings us to our social media plugs. If you want to find us on the internet, you can look us up on Twitter at cadaver underscore cast. We're on Facebook at cadavercast. That's one word. And you can email us at cadavercast. Again, that's one word, cadavercast at gmail.com. If you want to hear my thoughts on Ghostbusters 2, although, Al, I'm sure you and I will talk about it at some point on the podcast, but if you want to hear my thoughts on Ghostbusters 2 and you just can't wait, head on over to quote-unquote guilty and listen to our episode there on Ghostbusters 2, which uh, I was on along with my good buddy Steve, and of course, our friend and Al's honorary uncle, Joe Sanders, is host of quote-unquote guilty. I'll throw a link in the description below. And we talk about Ghostbusters 2 as a more defensible sequel than a lot of people give it credit for. So it's definitely a lot of praise for Ghostbusters 2, but we sort of branched out into everything else Ghostbusters in that episode. I also want to give a shout out to the Radio DePaul podcast on which I recently appeared on their Halloween episode talking about horror movies and what it is to be a cult horror movie fan. So I'll throw a link in the description below to that as well. So Al, I think it is time for you to sign us out. Happy Veterans Day, Uncle Kyle. You've been listening to Cadavcast. I'm Al Burnham. And I'm his dad, Jeff Burnham, and happy Veterans Day indeed to everybody out there who's a veteran. And also I want to give a specific Veterans Day shout out to CadaverCast supporter Paul Kelly, who I know is listening to this. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Does this even?
even work. 